Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm all new Adam. And I am all different Zach. All new Adam, <laughs> how you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I felt like I needed to add that considering we're doing uh, three arcs of all new Wolverine this week. We are, and I'm excited. All New Wolverine is a much-loved series, and mm-hmm. one that I had not revisited uh, since it initially came out. It's it's funny. Adam, do you remember, and our younger listeners may not remember the far-flung days of 2016, <laughs> um, but Adam, do you remember when the X-Men line relaunched in November of 2016? I sure do. Uh, there were some, some blues and some golds and, uh, all nope, manner of this things. This is even before then. This was, oh, right. this was extraordinary X-Men, uncanny X-Men, all new X-Men, old man Logan, and all new Wolverine. That's true. Oh man. It's wild how many times they relaunched in such a short period of time, isn't it? After Bendis. It's crazy. Yeah. I pulled a lot of books at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, all new Wolverine was not one of them for the first three months, and then it quickly became one of them. I mean, that makes sense given the uh, quality of the line in general. <laughs> this is definitely one of the better books. In my defense, Laura Kenny hadn't been written for thirteen years prior to this in any enjoyable way, so I yeah I wasn't like I wasn't overjoyed when she became wolverine because i hadn't cared for her Mm -hmm. uh and i was at the time i was pleasantly surprised by this series well i think that this is the first time i mean i don't think we should completely discount the uh the marjorie lou uh x23 stuff but this really does feel like the first series that allows the character to come into her own um have a lot of agency and find some purpose you know aside from just being the escapee of a uh of a of a lab experiment you know this still picks up on a Mm -hmm. lot of those threads and we'll get into it but it it is really more about her taking control of her life than almost anything else and that that's exciting it is exciting and do you know what else is exciting adam uh, I'm assuming that an incredible person who we know uh, selected these stories for us to do this week. Am I right? You are right. And that incredible person is Patreon supporter Jason Large. Uh, Jason, uh, I don't know what we've said on this site, but it's worth saying in. Jason designed Comics XF. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was part of the logo team. He uh, spent his Christmas evening, uh, the morning of Christmas, uh in the middle of the night when santa when santa is coming he spent those hours uh he spent those hours just designing the relaunch of the website uh he's also one of the kindest persons i have ever met he sent me a bunch of uh super metroid uh stuff for my birthday this year 
he's great. We love Jason. Uh, and I think Jason loves us, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I've never asked. He I mean, likes us enough to support the show. Having hung out with Jason on several occasions, uh, it, I can qualify all of those. He's a great guy. So um, very excited to do this show uh, in his honor here. And uh, where are we going to start here, Zach? Well, we're, we're going to start at the beginning of the story. Uh, that is with all-new Wolverine 1 through 6, The Four Sisters. Uh, this is written by Tom the Toolman Taylor uh, with pencils by David Lopez. Uh, yeah. Nathan Fairbairn does the colors here. Yeah, and uh, right off the bat, we have an action-packed opening with an, a, a Laura... The Wolverine uh, trying to prevent an assassination attempt at the Eiffel Tower, only to realize that the assassin is herself. So, we're going to have to get this out of the way. Uh, Tom Taylor just watched Orphan Black and said, let, let me do that, right? Um, I'd like to address that. Because, yes. Hey, Zach, did you ever watch Orphan Black? Oh, no, absolutely not. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Uh, I have watched every episode of Orphan Black, and obviously this uh, arc is 100% inspired by the uh, clones in Orphan Black. And if you didn't know that Orphan Black was about clones, then maybe you didn't finish the first episode or the second episode. I don't know how long it took you to figure it out. Um, I will say, though, that beyond the inspiration the story bears absolutely no resemblance whatsoever to that show. It's just, he clearly was like, oh, this would be a cool setup for this character. And uh, the fact that he uses it as a setup to uh, introduce Laura's quote-unquote sisters, including the one who becomes the major um, co-star of this series, I, I do think it's rather inspired. It is. We can we can talk about let's talk about Gabby. So uh, for people who haven't read this, Laura finds out that there's uh, not just one clone of her, uh, but there's several. They escaped a facility. Uh, it's uh, Bologna, Gabby, and Zelda, uh, and they're they're one sister that died. Uh, in the I like how you say uh, say Bologna like it's Bologna, <laughs> Bologna. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> If you go back to our last all new Wolverine episode, I I hecked it up there too. So <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know that word. It's fine. It's Spanish or something. It's uh, great. But but uh, they want revenge because uh, an evil government organization, not an evil government organization, an evil corporate organization did make them into living weapons. And that's not something that Laura Kenny tends to enjoy. So she helps them get some level of revenge. Uh, and that's that's the story. They do, they do a jaunt around the Marvel Universe, uh, meeting some folks like Taskmaster and mm -hmm. Doctor Strange and the Wasp. And they do team up some fights. Yeah, and it's uh, a fun action adventure that does have those little seeds into the other corners of the Marvel Universe, not just, you know, not just X-Men. Um, however, we do have the uh, young 05 angel here because he and Lara were romantically attached at this point in continuity. And uh, I, I think that it is a, 
it's fun story and uh also is a good start for just the theme of this and we'll talk more about this later in the uh the show but the theme of this series is really reclaiming this character and and allowing her to become her own person and not just this assassin and this idea that she has to you know help literal clones of herself uh to get out of that situation for her first adventure here it's uh it's pretty literal you know and it works pretty well tom king not a fan of subtext tom tom king's a pretty big fan of uh you know not being a coward and not using subtext um, it's, I, I'm it's, just going to stop you. Are you saying Tom King? Because Tom King did not write this story, Zach. You know what? Fair, <laughs> fair point. Tom King, also not a fan of subtext. Uh, Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor, uh, agreed. Yeah. I just think it's funny because obviously online yes, people confuse them constantly because they're both named Tom. Yes. I, I hecked up there. That was not a bit. <laughs> I thought you were moving a bit. No, I was not doing a bit there. Tom Taylor uh, does not really use subtext here. He says, Lauren, Laura Kenny needs to, needs to deal with her past as an assassin. How can I write a story about that? What if I wrote a story about her having to deal with characters who are literally her going down the same path she went down and forging a different path? Absolutely. And I think that the art here by uh david lopez is just outstanding um his ability to capture the facial expressions of these characters their body language um the action scenes the scenery it just feels like very um very lived in like i i can imagine each of these scenes playing out in front of me you know with with everything that's happening there and it's it's just it's really great. I mean, I, I love Lopez's art. It's a shame that this uh, book and its let in its run didn't have more of his artwork um, because this this first arc is just it, it raises everything up, you know, to another level. I think it's very well written, but then you get this you know this visual delight in in Lopez's uh, artwork that's really cool. You get a lot from Lopez, and I like I like that he's fantastic. Uh, you also get some weird early installment stuff. Like the book hadn't found its footing yet. You mentioned mm-hmm. you mentioned Angel being in this. Yes, and it's very clear that Tom Taylor said, "Okay, well, Angel is her boyfriend. He can be a supporting character." And then realized that he had a better supporting character in Gabby, and immediately says, "I don't need Angel." <laughs> yes, Angel is used almost exclusively for transportation purposes in these issues um very funny yeah but the introduction of gabby is huge you know gabby is uh now a beloved character um she is one of the most significant additions to the x-men um because they're really i mean uh, until now we've got some new characters being added into the fold uh thanks to to vita ayala but um, I mean, in this era, it was, Hey, here's Gabby. And, uh, it's, it's wonderful to see her coming to life in this first arc already almost fully formed. You know, she's not quite would, there, but yeah, that's, that's, that's where it is at for me. She's not quite there. And Gabby, 
Gabby is a very easy character, in my opinion, to go overboard with. Like, you mm-hmm. can make her too cutesy and insufferable. Uh, and Taylor doesn't do that here, which is good, but she also doesn't feel like herself yet. Yeah. I mean, the, that's just because it's the start. Yeah, the the humor is not there yet because she still has to be one of the, you know, these assassin clones. So, uh, To we, be fair, we... it's there immediately after this arc uh, with the next story where uh, Squirrel Girl comes over and brings them a pet Wolverine. <laughs> right, right. Um, so... I, I think this is a really solid start to all new Wolverine. Um, I, I, it definitely made me want to keep reading um, and, and keep going with these characters. So why don't we put this on our big old list? Yeah, we have a big old list. That's an important facet of this show. There are 555 stories on this list. Um, wow. Ranked from best to worst. Uh, the best X-Men story of all time is, of course, The House of X, The Powers of Ten. Oh, by John Hickman and Pepe Larraz and R.B. Silva. Number 100 is X-Force Assault on Grey Malkin. Number 200 on this list is that Uncanny X-Men issue where Colossus pretends to be a ghost. Uh, (laughs) The 300th story is X-Men Gold. No, not that one. Uh, 400 is the the end of the life of New Mutants, the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. Uh... 500 is X-Factor, the quick and the dead. (laughs) And then 555 is the Draco. I was looking for 600 for some reason. Uh, We do have some all-new Wolverine stories on here. And I think that's a good benchmark. Yeah, uh, 144, we have the all-new Wolverine annual number one, uh, which is where Laura Kinney and Spider-Gwen switch bodies. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, at 137, we have all-new Wolverine number 7, which is the aforementioned one with the Squirrel Girl. And mm-hmm. then at 204, we have Old Woman Laura. Uh, what are your thoughts, Adam? Because I, I think this is better than Old Woman Laura. I would I agree. This is better, I think this is better than the annual. But I do think that the Squirrel Girl issue works for me a bit more. I would but agree. I also love Squirrel Girl. Yeah, but this is this brings up something that we we talked about when we uh, ranked the uh, all new Wolverine number seven, which is that Taylor's strategy for this book, which I thought was really smart, was that he would do an arc and then he would do kind of almost a comedy break, you know, just to let the characters breathe for a second until they went off on their next adventure. And uh, I, I agree that all new Wolverine seven kind of solidifies the the cast and the tone of the book um, in, in what it's going to be. So it's got to go somewhere in between here. Um, below that is House of M. Um, at one th- below that is that issue where Unis the Untouchable wants to eat the cake, but he can't. <laughs> right. Um, at 140 is Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. I think this is better than that. This has a lot of just like great action beats and uh and and character building so i think honestly it's... i think this is better than house of m i would agree all right so this is going to be our new 138 that was simple that was so easy <laughs> uh it's the four sisters um fun fact by the end of this um only two sisters yeah only two one of them is about to come up again uh the other one's gabby and gabby scout honey badger whatever you want to call her 
She's a delight. She's a hoot. She really is. And uh, we, honestly, gonna... I love what Vita. I love what Vita's doing with her. It's... <laughs> I do too. Uh, especially you know, given the um, the five's rules about cloning and clone re- resurrections, and you know, this whole bit with yeah. how Gabby died and then i don't want to give away too much because i don't know how recent people are on reading but um y'all if you aren't if you aren't reading vida ayala friend of the shows new mutants you should be you need to yeah because they're killing it they are they are slaughtering that book rod reese uh does the art one of my favorites every month yeah like favorite books i read period not just x-men yeah I think we're witnessing a, a classic run. I really do. Um, I'm just, I'm enjoying that book tremendously. So I hope people are checking it out. I do too, but we're not here to talk about Vida Ayala, even though I know we all wish we could. And that <laughs> I have, um, I got two Vida Ayala trades uh, in the mail on the same day this week. And I was like, heck yeah. Oh, nice. Did you get the yeah. the Necromancer uh I did, I did. I got uh, a Kickstarter uh, that they did with uh, Pat Shand uh, called uh, Cherry Gilbert Necromancer. Yep. Uh, and I then got I, got a, I got a vault book that they did uh, with artist uh, Lisa Sterl uh, uh, called Submerged, which I have not read. Ooh, uh, the art but, looked good on that. Yeah, uh, Sterl's doing a book called Witchblood, also for vault, that I don't particularly care for the plotting of Mm -hmm. but i do think it's one of the most stylistically fun and interesting and confident books that are coming out right now like it knows what it is Hmm. and even even if i don't love that all the time i cannot help but be impressed by the artistic merit in that yeah um so which all new wolverine are we doing next we're gonna go we're gonna skip an arc uh and go straight to enemy of the state two um this time it's more stadier (laughs) um again tom taylor is our writer here and penciling duties are fairly evenly split on this uh nick varela is doing the pencils on a good number of them uh, with uh, Javril Morissette-Fan doing the pencils on a uh, couple of the issues in between. Yes. So this yes. is only Wolverine 13 to 18. Uh, and it's interesting. So, Adam, what's the, what's the plot of this one? Okay, so if uh, people remember their backstory here, uh, Laura's backstory, one of the things that can, um, well, the thing that can activate her into, you know, like just complete berserker murder mode is this uh, trigger scent that is developed by the people who who cloned her. And um, we get the reveal at the end of the first arc that, um, is it Kimura? Is that, am I saying that correctly? Yep. Uh, is still trying to hunt down Laura and use her as, you know, her murder machine. And not only that, but, uh, Bologna, uh, Bologna, Bologna. (laughs) No, I'm messing it up. I don't know. Um, is working for her. Bolognese. So 
a la uh, Enemy of the State, where Wolverine was turned into a berserker monster uh, killer who killed thousands and thousands of people. This arc starts 7,000 people. Right, right, right. Um, This arc starts with Laura uh, supposedly getting um, the trigger scent chemtrailed onto her and then waking up to it looks like she killed 30 people, innocent people in a small town. So uh, we're off to a rough start. You say small town. Okay, let's start there for one second. I understand that there are small towns in this world. A town that is population 30 is not a town. That's like four houses. (laughs) It's also got to be. Where are they? Aren't they in New York? Yeah, I think they're upstate. They're in upstate oh, wait, wait. Uh, New York. No, no they, they're no. in California. They're in California. Yeah, they drive to California, don't they? Okay. Which, again, no. It's Which, not... <laughs> does, does Tom Taylor know that that's a four-day drive from New York State? Yeah, he kind of... There's a little bit of, like, draw a line across a map there. <laughs> um, but, uh... But, yeah, they, they go. Laura freaks out. S.H.I.E.L.D. gets involved. Uh, she escapes. They hang out with some pirates that are, uh, you know, trafficking children, which is a weird addition that this book makes. Like, I get it, but it it is a diversion for the rest of the book. Uh, yeah. Then they they get they get to Madripoor. Uh, it turns out Tiger Tiger is going to be assassinated by Kimura, so Kimura can take over Madripoor. Uh, so Wolverine tries to uh, stop that, uh, but the trigger sense still messing her up. Anyway, Gabby gets all of uh, all of Laura's friends together, and they break her uh, conditioning on the trigger scent. And then Laura puts on Iron Man armor again for reasons that are wildly confusing and not really uh, in line with the rest of the book. And then murders Kamora in cold blood while giving a really good speech about how she is not a weapon she is not a number in a letter she is laura kenny and she is wolverine yeah um that part's pretty good that is the goal of this arc the goal is to you know finally get the character to a point where she can escape kimura escape her past and escape this label of you know just being a number she's not a number she's a human being she's a person and uh she's a free man yeah this is this is that opportunity so um i I think the arc uh uh, you mentioned the two artists that neither of them um while both are, are quite capable neither of them are up to the quality of what we just read in david lopez um in in the first arc so especially switching between the two um the arc lacks a certain amount of kinetic energy you know um Mm -hmm. it's and again i don't want to say it's bad art because i've seen it bad art and that this is not it um but no it it doesn't fine this is serviceable Yeah, it just doesn't have, I think, the same pop that uh, this story could have used to kind of overlook some of, like you said, um, there's the whole child trafficking detour with that, that allows Gabby to uh, kind of team up with Roundhouse, sort of, and, and get back into the story. Roughhouse. I'm sorry, Roughhouse. Um, 
Roughhouse, who has a weird moment where Tom Taylor reveals that, yeah, Roughhouse was abused as a child. Just so yeah. he can throw a guy off of a pirate ship? Very... Yeah. The, the entire pirate diversion is very odd to me. Like, it feels almost like Taylor said, I gotta get Laura to Madripoor at some time. Yeah. What better time than here? What better place than now? And it's not that getting to Madripoor is not interesting, um, or, or, or placing the story in Madripoor and giving Kimura the, the motivation of trying to eliminate Tiger Tiger. That all works great. I think that that's really interesting. But I do think that the arc is probably an issue too long and the issue you should have probably gotten rid of is that one you know is the on the boat issue uh because once you actually get the whole conclusion of this arc happens in tiger tigers like nuke proof bunker right and we get this amazing thing with uh with gambit and teen gene and warren um all showing up and saying hey we're gonna break you of the trigger scent um we're going to work together to make sure that you know this this it can't touch you anymore um and that whole sequence and the the way it plays out at the end where she ends up drowning kimura not unlike how logan drowned dakin um in uncanny x-force but it's just it's very effective and i, I just wish that it had maybe a a more prestige uh, level of art on it to kind of just dial it up a little bit more. I think, I think when I think about enemy of the state too, I think about that ending because mm-hmm. Laura has spent this entire time not killing. Like that's a, that's a thing she has actively worked against doing. And this conveniently solves the pedantic Batman and Joker thing. Of why didn't she kill him? Because here's the thing. Lord, Lord Kitty will kill you. <laughs> she doesn't want to. Right. But if you spend her entire life abusing her and threatening to murder everyone she's ever loved, she's not going to trust that the government is going to take care of this problem. She's going to just p- put your head underwater for a little bit until you stop stop moving. <laughs> I, I, that part's nice. Again, I think it's weird that she's wearing Iron Man armor during that. I don't know why that's there. Well, and especially because it's the um, it's the ar- armor from the Bendis run, isn't it? Or or who is yeah, writing? They the- talk about Tiger. It's it's from the Bendis run because Bendis is writing it right now, and Tiger Tiger specifically says, "Oh yeah, this is an old model." I'm like, "No, it's not." No, no, that's the one they're advertising right now. Give me the one with the nose. If you want to do an old model, give me a Silver Centurion. Give me the one with the nose. Don't tell me that the new David Marquez armor is the old model. There's a lot of little continuity things in all new Wolverine that do bug me. Like how in the first arc, uh, the people that create uh, the clones are Alchemex. Yeah. Which Alchemex is famously the biggest evil corporation in the cyberpunk future of 2099 but also at this point in continuity it was just very recently established that that's just liz allen's company you know liz allen spider-man's friend (laughs) so i think i think it's weird if you were paying any sort of attention it's a very interesting that's a me problem a very interesting disconnect i also think that um 
the convenient out that this is a spoiler for this well i shouldn't say we just spoiled the end of the story anyway but there the the people that she supposedly kills in the first issue actually were the victims of bologna um who went in and you know she describes herself as a contingency plan now i think that that's a very convenient out to allow laura to just kind of like escape this story unscathed um it makes the car it makes laura much more much less difficult to deal with as your protagonist if you don't have to worry about her starting the story off as a murderer right um okay and this is this is something taylor does like i i have just uh read the first issue of his nightwing run mm-hmm. uh on the dc app and a lot of people really like that run and i've again only read one issue so i don't know anything about it uh beyond that it does make Nightwing a billionaire because not Bruce Wayne gave him money, but Alfred gave him money because Alfred died. Spoiler alert for the Tom King Batman. Uh, Tom anyway, Taylor. Alfred died. What? Tom Taylor. No, Tom Taylor. Well, I, guess, <laughs> I think he's writing a Batman story right now, but specifically, this is a spoiler for the end of the City of Bane arc of Tom King's Batman. Oh, oh, where, oh. Where Bane snaps Alfred's neck. Oh, Jesus. Really? That's a thing. I should not read Batman. <laughs> anyway, there's a line where Alfred in his note that giving uh, Dick all this money is saying, don't worry, I invested the money ethically and then doesn't bring it up again. Just so you can't throw any criticism of capitalism <laughs> and like, hey, it's weird that Alfred uh, invested so much money that he became a multi-billionaire, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's things Taylor likes to do to make sure that his characters are flawless. Like they are not challenging heroes; they are just heroes. Mm-hmm. And I don't particularly love that because I like more complex characters than what Tom Taylor likes to write. He like his Jean Grey in X Men Red, which is a book that I have a lot of good feelings on, but a lot of mixed feelings on. She is uh, she is perfect. In ways right. that Jean Grey never was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think it's just, it is a weird contrast between, you know, there's the inevitable comparisons that I think readers are going to make. Uh, uh, this is a sequel to uh, the Enemy of the State of the story, State. right? At least by name, even if it has literally nothing else to do. It does have S.H.I.E.L.D. in it. I don't think we mentioned that once yet, but... It does um, start with a Wolverine being mind-controlled and killing some number of people. Sure. 30... Much less than seven thousand. Well, and that's that was my to my uh, my point is that um, we are totally okay with Wolverine the anti-hero hacking and slashing and never being accountable for what it is that he does. But there is a weird thing where like Taylor is trying to keep Laura innocent, and it's like. I just don't know if that's always the best thing for this particular character in, in this particular role. Um, I, she's I don't know. going to be Wolverine. Right. And she is. Wolverine is a bit messed up. Yeah. Wolverine makes bad decisions sometimes. It's why I... It's why this works as a Wolverine story when she murders Kimura instead of letting her live. Like, that's what Wolverine would do. Yeah. Wolverine would say, no, I'm finishing this. 
I I am taking this guilt so that this doesn't happen to anyone else. Yeah. That's what Wolverine would do in that shows. Like, no matter how like. Even if she's saying, I'm going to be a hero, I'm not going to be a black ops assassin, I'm not going to do anything, she is still going to, like, kill someone if she feels like it is the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, she is a pragmatist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, why don't we rank this? I don't think that this is as good as the first arc, Four Sisters, nor do I think it's as good as the uh, all-new Wolverine annual at 145. Um, where are you I do think on the this list? is. I, I agree with you there. I do think this is better than uh, Old Woman Laura uh, now at two oh five, so that gives us that gives us a good chunk. Like uh, two hundred right now is X Men Endangered Species, and I think this is better than that. Uh, I would agree. I, I think it is. Um, I think it's probably in the same realm as at one ninety, uh, the first arc of Cable and X Force. But I think this is, because of that conclusion, I, I think this is better than that. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm I'm looking a bit up on the list. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing uh, at 174 is the first arc of Wolverine and the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And I do like this better than that first arc of Wolverine and the X-Men. So I'd, I'd probably put it up, but like there's... There's some stuff like 158 is the Jean Grey Psych Wars, uh, Jean Grey 8 through 11, mm-hmm. which I think is a stronger overall story. I would agree. Than Enemy of the State. Yeah. Two. I also, I I'm, I'm don't know if I want to go that high. I mean, I'm looking at 163, our namesake, Battle of the Atom. I I don't know. Is, is I like we, This isn't better. Is, it, is this better than the Generation X Underground special? Yes. Yeah. I, I think that that's, okay. that's a unique and goofy thing. Um, but it also has, you know, some slightly problematic elements. Um, I also think this is probably better than the Bill Sienkiewicz Dracula issue of Uncanny at 166. Um, here's what I'd say. Actually, I would, it may be because I haven't read it in a while. I think this, is pro- let's put it right under Balthium because I think this is probably better than that time that Kitty Pride got brood pregnant in Wolverine and the X Men, and then uh, Wolverine tried to rob a casino. Inquire. <laughs> I agree. I like that arc, but I think this is better. So this is going to be our new one sixty four. One sixty four for Enemy of the State two. Yeah. Um. Now this is the last story we're going to be doing. Uh, it is Orphans of X. That is all new Wolverine. Uh, what is it? Twenty five to thirty. Written uh, by Taylor. Yeah, and you would be forgiven if this is going to sound familiar because this is um, very similar to a Jason Aaron Wolverine comic that we talked about just a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. Um. Let's. Let's start with what I think is easily the most positive uh, thing in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juan Cabal does the art on this. Yeah. And Juan, Juan Cabal is a revelation. Juan Cabal is fantastic. Uh, if you've not checked out his work, All New Wolverine has some great stuff. Uh, Juan Cabal did the uh, art for the a good chunk of the Mariko Tamaki follow-up to All New Wolverine, the X-23 series. 
Mm. Uh, that's fantastic. Cabal did some work on uh, Al Ewing's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first year of that. Beautiful, beautiful artwork in that. Uh, and then is doing uh, the John Ridley Black Panther book that's coming out uh, this fall. So Cabal, killer. Cabal rules. Yeah. Uh, and to be clear, when you talk about the uh, X-23 series that comes after this, you're just referring to the art, right? Uh, when you call it excellent. I want to return to that series because I think at the time, uh, I think I judged it with a little bit of anger uh, because uh, Marco Tamaki had to deal with uh, some, let's call it dumb editorial and marketing mandates of mm. making Laura not Wolverine. Uh, and I, I feel like it deserves a fair shake at some point. And I'm I'm actually very interested to do that because Tamaki is a very good writer. Uh, doing detective comics right now for the Detective Comics Comics Corporation. <laughs> uh, uh, Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me is a book that a lot of people love and I've not gotten a chance to read. Uh, I did think it was about a star of stage and screen, Lorna Dern, for a while. <laughs> and I know a lot of people had that experience. Uh, a book that also sounds appealing in a different way. I would read that um, in a heartbeat. Oh, man. Listen, listen, how sad would it be if uh, Lorna Dern kept breaking up with you? Uh, I mean, even once would probably be enough to just do you in. Um, now, <laughs> Orphans of X is, what was that Wolverine story? What was that called? It was called like, I forget what it's, it's the one with the red right hand. The red right hand, right. Okay. So, uh, with the, the red right hand. The premise of that was pretty simple, right? All the people who had, who had, you know, loved ones taken from them by Wolverine all team up and uh they send people who he doesn't realize are his own children uh after him to try and kill him anyway you remember that one this one's a little bit different but the basic premise is still the same the people that are after all of the wolverines not just Lara, but you know old man logan Sabretooth, dakin lady deathstrike because this is the same time is that... lady deathstrike a wolverine hold on i just want to be clear is lady deathstrike a wolverine and the purposes of I this think she's of this story she's considered one because she's part of the the, the weapon x team i guess the, she's one of the people that shows up towards the end of this um, right so the or orphans of x are people who have had you know loved ones taken by a wolverine doesn't matter who um but mainly lara when she was an assassin as x23 and uh they're basically like hey we're gonna wipe this quote-unquote species off the the map and they're gonna start with dakin um, and they managed to like take his arm um, <laughs> and then they start going after Lara. Well, and they're going to do this. Uh, they're going to get the Muramasa blade. Yes. Uh, Adam, do you have feelings about the Muramasa blade in Marvel comics? Well, it's really complicated here because whereas the Muramasa blade was originally a, a sword forged with a piece of Wolverine's soul by the master sword maker Muramasa, um, the Muramasa blade has actually been like broken. So in this story, which happened in the past and yeah. it got melted down and made it 
Dakin made it into his claws, which is dumb, but kind of funny. If the story was good, I would like that a lot more, but it wasn't. Uh, and then Wolverine took them and buried them, and then these guys melt them down and make them into Muramasa bullets. Right, right. So there, it's kind of complicated. Uh, it's made even more complicated by the fact that apparently Muramasa made a Muramasa shield and then proceeds to make a Muramasa uh, armor out of pieces of Gabby, Lara, and Dakin's uh, souls. I guess Tom Taylor really likes putting Wolverine in armor, huh? really does this isn't even the last time we're not talking about the adamantium agenda a story that i actively dislike even though it's got some great rb silva art Uh, um um, it's it's weird this is a weirdly complicated story um with with a like here's the thing we talked about it when we talked about uh that story the red right hand story wolverine's revenge that the concept of like all of these people when Wolverine has killed 7,000 people on a bad weekend it's an interesting concept to think that their families might be upset at this man right so well, I I think revisiting that here were like if you're gonna revisit a concept okay that's that's one that still has some meat on the bones I I enjoyed this quite a bit honestly um because it, it, the whole first part of the arc is um about one of the things that the orphans of x do is clone laura's mother and basically send her back in as a spy into the house of laura gabby and uh, her living relatives and dakin's like that that's not your mom and basically shoots her (laughs) on sight you know like there's some interesting things here that that they're playing with in terms of how uh, you know how the revenge is actually going to take place and um you know all the stuff with muramasa is actually pretty cool um so i i like it i think what's what's a little bit weird about the story is that really this arc it does seem to be designed to propel the book forward into future arcs because the book ends with laura basically saying hey what you think you're angry about at me about it wasn't actually me pulling the trigger i was like the weapon and if you want i will actually help you go after the bad guys that were actually the people responsible and the next issue after this is actually one of those stories but immediately after that is old man laura gotta wrap up the book the book is being canceled so it is very funny at the end. One, you're absolutely right. It is funny at the end when she goes and makes her big speech and said, I'm a victim too. I am also an orphan of X. Uh, you really want to be mad at these other people. Which is, I will say, Tom Taylor giving the human race a heck of a lot more credit than I personally would. <laughs> right. Um, of their capability for forgiveness and understanding nuance. Uh, there is a really funny part where she looks at Sabretooth and Lady Deathstrike, and I believe Dakin, but I'm not sure, and says, um, <laughs> I can probably pull this off. You, you, you gotta, guys should go. You gotta leave. You should leave for this part. They're, they're not gonna buy it from you. I'm gonna be very real. Yeah. There's a couple other really funny things in here. Juan Cabal does a really uh, cool 
there's a there's a part where the orphans of X have actually hired members of, of the or or members of the hand uh, go are now members of orphans of X and they go after Dakin and Dakin uh, the way Juan Cabal draws it it's an homage to the uh, cover to the um, the original Wolverine uh, mm-hmm. scene you know uh, drawn by the Frank mini- Miller Gorgon oh, yeah. shows up for a hot second with a really funny the, cameo the fact that Gorgon shows up to say hey there was one guy in the hand he was out of line listen that one's on me <laughs> Oops. y'all good Oopsie. can can i the gorgon help you with anything can i gorgon who ran hydra for a hot minute give you a hand here right right so um the the arc also ends um, with I'm guessing at least a symbolic uh, funeral for Sarah Kinney, Laura's mother. So there's there's a the little bit of closure for the character there. Um, so I, I enjoyed this. I think Juan Cabal's art is fantastic in telling the story. It might be just like an issue too long, but it it flows pretty quickly. It's it's not like a terribly long story and um i enjoyed it i think it's a little overcomplicated myself yeah i don't enjoy the muramasa stuff oh In fact, okay i i i think i actively dislike everything about muramasa mm. the marvel the marvel comics character uh him showing up in Ten of Swords was like, okay, really? We're, we're, <laughs> I get it. No, I get it. He makes Wolverine swords. I understand. It's yeah. Perfect fit for him. I don't care for him here. Uh, I don't buy Dakin in this. And part of that is because of what else was happening at the exact same time uh, with books like X-Men Blue and Iceman where Dakin was an unrepentant evil boy. Mm-hmm. Um, Here he's very and, one note and he doesn't seem to have a lot of his character traits from, like you said, from the other people who were writing him at the time. Seems, and I can almost, I can almost rationalize it away by saying Dakin sucks in general and is mm-hmm. a bad dude but he likes laura and she's the only person he likes so he'll be cool for her sure i can almost i can almost rationalize it away with that it just makes for it makes for a weird arc and i didn't i never liked the character until friend of the show uh leah williams uh wrote him and then i liked him yeah and i was mad about that i was not <laughs> i've told leah not happy about what she did to me there yeah, I'm still confused about how that all worked out. Um, now, if we look at the list, uh, at 2.06, we have the final arc of this series, Old Man, old Woman Laura. I think I probably like that better than this. I, I'm curious. Oh, I like... Yeah. I like this better than... I like this better than Old Woman Laura, personally. Okay, okay. So we know we're in... Which be- tells me we, we're... We're like right in the right area then. Yeah, but I I don't right below. I don't oh, think this is as good as Enemy of the State too, though. You know, in terms of a of a of a story, you know, it, this no. feels a little bit more kind of like grasping for straws. I agree. Like right now, our number two hundred is Madripoor Knights. This is not better than Madripoor Knights. No. Nope. Yeah, we got Madripoor Knights a little low on this list, don't we? Yeah, well, you know how these things go. You start slotting things in and things get pushed down and, you know. It happens. 
Um, I I think this is better than World War X uh, from Ultimate Comics X-Men at 207. So that's right below Old Woman Laura. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, but I thought we were looking above Old Man Laura. Old Woman Laura. I mean, Laura. You, you, I was, I was just working with my collaborative partner in this podcast <laughs> saying, well, if you thought it was worse, I don't think, I, I think it's at least better than World War X, just so we could start a conversation. I do think, yeah, like Matter of Four Nights is the ceiling for me. Yeah. So I'd say it's somewhere between those stories. Like, okay, let me ask this. Do you like this better than Kitty Pride and Wolverine or worse than that? Yeah, that's an interesting comparison. Um, because I feel like story-wise, they're kind of similar in the the almost unnecessary machinations that the story goes about in terms of character development. Um, Weirdly comparable, right? Yeah. yeah, very very similar. So I think in terms of like a classic versus a, I think we also have to at least acknowledge that this story is really similar to that Jason Aaron story. So it feels very derivative. Whereas Kitty Pride and Wolverine does not, um, despite it, uh, being, you know, taking its cues from a large quantity of sort of, uh, third... whatever, whatever movie. Chris yeah, Claremont exactly. Was watching right. At the time. So which I just have a lot of Chris Claremont work. Like Claremont, also was like, oh, I liked this idea. Let me do that, but Storm's in it. <laughs> yes. Which is, you know, that that's what writers do. You know, they, they use things as framing devices. Okay, but some some writers, yes. some writers, they they file off the serial numbers a little bit, a little bit better. But you can, right, sometimes you can still read the numbers. Um, so I think Kitty Pride and Wolverine is better. Um, blah, blah. And below that, below that is Earthfall. What's that one? That's um... that's the that's the one where the brood. Uh... Oh, that's better. Yeah, that's better. Where yeah, the Sylvester. Yeah, that's arc. the Australian. Yeah, the Australian brood. Yeah, one. this is better than the prototype Inferno. I think from Power Pack Twenty. I would agree. All right, so this is going to be our new two o five. It will be our new two o five. That is Orphans of X. And that's our show for the week. Nice. Uh, that was that was a fun one. I like Laura Kenny a lot, actually, now. Uh, and it's because of this run. Even if I don't think that this run is an all-timer like I previously did. Like, I have I have more mixed feelings looking back at it. Uh, and I think I liked the idea of Laura Kenny. And I liked the good moments in this run. Even if as a cohesive whole, I don't think it uh, lands as well as it should. And I'm glad that Laura is uh, Wolverine of the X-Men now and is yeah. like getting getting the love that she deserves. I, I'm going to actually just like twist that on its head a little bit and just say that I think this run works really well just in terms of like developing the character. But once you start to divvy it up into its individual arcs then you can start to nitpick it a little bit more and say yeah i don't know if this one's working so well but when it is firing on all cylinders it's doing a great job um so i i still look back on this pretty fondly we put all three of them on the top half of the list yeah that's like yeah that's good for us <laughs> yeah especially um, for this era um you know which ma that makes it sound like it was terribly long ago which it wasn't but um in the before times yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> all right um yeah that'll do it i want to thank again patreon supporter jason large 
Uh, Jason's great. Go check out everything that Jason is doing uh, over on Comics XF. If you want to support it, because here's the thing about Jason. Uh, the Patreon, the Patreon money, that's that goes to Jason. That goes to <laughs> all of our supporters yeah. on on Comics XF. Uh, and if you want to support the really hard and good work that they do, uh, you should you should go check out what they are doing over there. Like some of the cool new things that are happening, like new podcasts that are uh, yeah. popping up on here. There's Bat Chat, which just started uh, with Will Nevin and Matt Lazowitz uh, from WMQ&A. Um, that is, uh, I've jokingly referred to it as Bat tool of the atom because <laughs> right. it's 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 batman it's batman it's it's battle of the atom but for batman uh and if you if you like the cape crusader uh you should check that out also uh if you are if you are a fan of uh the tights and the fights you can check out what is going on over uh with our this week in wrestling from the comics x fights team uh who covers our wrestling content uh, there's a lot of cool people. Uh, Charlie Davis uh, runs that up. You know Charlie from this show, uh, where he's been on quite frequently. And that is also uh, not just in video form, but coming for RSS and podcasting form. Uh, that should be up by now. If it is not, then Zach did a bad job of getting <laughs> that RSS feed up. So there's a lot going on on ComicsXF, and if you want to support it at any level, you can do that. Okay, uh, Adam, what do you got going on? Uh, guys, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. Uh, later this week, I will be headed uh, with my mask and my proof of vaccination to New York Comic Con. Uh, this proves this this does seem like it is going to be uh, a unique experience given the lack of uh, most comic book publishers, and uh, I'm not sure who's actually even going to be there. Um, so uh, unlike the last New York Comic Con two years ago, um, we're not doing a, a special episode of uh, Battle of the Atom. But um, if you would like to just follow my exploits over the weekend, uh, you can obviously follow me on Twitter. Um, and what do we got going on next week, Zach? Next week, we are going to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Vulcan, the third summer's brother. We, we got to talk about some Vulcan. Uh, and that'll be fun and interesting and good. Uh, but until then, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. <laughs>